Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have uh, Jeff Gutsky. He's uh, kind of a polymath. He's an ER doctor. Uh, he's also worked uh, for National Geographic, a photographer, an explorer. Recently, he's been sucked into the whole COVID thing, as many people have, and uh, he has some very important information to relay based on that. So we'll, we'll take that to that slice of him and, and talk about it. So Jeff, thanks for coming. Yeah, I'm really honored to be with you. And I hope that you're safe and your audience is safe. Um, the The timing of our visit today is fortuitous because today I'm launching two grassroots movements to help protect us you know, in America and hopefully people across the world from what I believe will be a COVID catastrophe in flu season that no one's really talking about. So oh, what do you think is going to happen with, you know, no, I've been let, thinking about that. Yeah. I wonder with, uh, with the return of flu as it normally comes, what will happen? What's your thoughts? Let, let me give you a little uh, background to, to set the stage so that it, it's clear why this is uh, so worrisome. So first of all, big picture is that COVID only happens indoors in dangerously dry indoor air. Um, it is not a disease of outdoor air and it's completely tied to weather. And so COVID struck the U.S. in late winter. And we remember hearing all of these apocalyptic forecasts that were the basis for shutting down the economy, um, that we could have millions of deaths. And then on April 2nd, we heard and I'm not saying this politically, I'm just stating facts. Uh, I try to keep politics out of it. Um, the mayor of New York on April 2nd was just freaking out over, you know, demanding 65,000 new hospital beds by the end of April or else an apocalypse would happen. The governor of New York was clamoring for 24,000 ventilators. You know, they brought in the comfort ship. They converted the Javits Center. There were emergency hospitals set up all over the country. There was a, another hospital ship on the West Coast. None of it got used. And oh, well, uh, what, they, what they did do is they killed people in nursing homes, one of which was my mom. So they did a good job there. But Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. What That's I have right. to say is directly related to that, actually. I'm so sorry. I'm, my heart breaks for right. you I, and your family. I know them as, uh, as, as, as mass murderers, I call them, but go ahead. Well, um, I, I, I can share some information that will, that will go right to the heart of what happened to you and your family. Um, but but the, the point is that the, none of this happened. In fact, I was on a radio show, a syndicated radio show on April 3rd, and I politely um, offered a counterpoint to the mayor of New York City and suggested that I believe the hospitals would be emptying out by the end of April. And the reason why, it's not that I'm a genius, uh, it's that spring weather is antiviral. Indoor humidity is 
the most powerful offensive weapon we have against COVID. And the humidity outdoors, as we go from winter to spring to summer, becomes more and more humid. And uh, outdoor humidity affects the humidity of the air we breathe indoors, even with air conditioning. So um, what, what happened was we lucked out and no one's really talking about why we lucked out. We're, um, they, they've kind of passed over it. But come fall, we will not have this powerful offensive weapon against COVID to save us. And we will see dry days followed by dry weeks. And what happened, for example, in Texas, where I live, we reopened on May 1. Everything was fine until about June 17th. And on June 9th, something happened that people don't realize. And this can happen even in humid places, even in a place like New Orleans or Florida or you know, other very humid places, you can get dry spells even in the summer. So the, uh, a dry spell came, a dry uh, front came in and the humidity in North Texas went from the 80s in the morning down to 8% by 253 in the afternoon. Now, relative humidity is not the factor that uh, determines indoor viral risk. It's something called absolute humidity, which is not a number that we're familiar with because it's not reported on the weather reports. We can't buy an instrument. You can't even go on Amazon and buy a device to measure it. It's very esoteric, but it is the amount of water in the air without regard to temperature. It's just the, it's a measurement of the weight of the water vapor in the air. And uh, there's a brilliant scientific American 60 second podcast from 2009 called Humidity Helps Fight Flu. And in 60 seconds, what they tell you is that we've been looking at the wrong thing all along with regard to viral transmission uh, of respiratory diseases indoors. And, and so the humidity in North Texas became far worse than Wuhan was in December when the viral bomb went off. And we had a 10-day a dry spell. And I wrote to the chairman of the governor's task force to reopen Texas, who is the next door neighbor of a friend of mine. I know him. And I, I wrote to him on June 11th. I said, the weather just dropped down and it was a gorgeous day and no one's going to suspect this. But in about a week, you're going to see fear, panic, uncertainty, dread, hospital numbers going through the roof. And that's just what happened. And it, it, it kept going. And, um, and so Arizona is... Um, a different scenario. So Arizona opened May, reopened May 15th, and without realizing it, the governor actually invited his state citizens into a meat grinder because the numbers were low. In fact, on April 16th, I was on TV uh, with a Phoenix reporter, and I warned him about this, and he, he, he didn't take me seriously. I said, Phoenix is probably the most at-risk large city in America, and that while everyone else is, you know, reopening and the numbers are going down and the summer is approaching, that Phoenix is going to be experiencing a very tragic situation. Well, and quick, so, quick question, quick yeah. question here: Why, why would less humidity engender viral spread? I thought that uh, the virus could travel on droplets. So, no. The more well, first the air, of all, the more likely it would travel. Yeah, it's first of all, there's a lot we. 
just let me say this broadly, and everyone needs to kind of get sober about this. The amount we don't know far exceeds what we do know, and we're not used to that. And a lot of smart people are saying a lot of very dumb things. And there's a lot of, unfortunately, politicization of this medical crisis and, and disinformation, and it's really dangerous. But, um, but here's what I can tell you, what, what is very well known. Um, first of all, the spread of COVID is, and there was like a revolt by 239 esteemed bioaerosol scientists about three weeks ago to the WHO. Um, discounting the the WHO's claims about person-to-person spread via droplets. It really is a lot of BS. And in fact, the social distancing, and I say this not wanting to fight with anyone or get into an argument. This is not the time to argue about science. We have an urgent crisis we need to address. We can sort it all out later, but I can tell you this, that the data on social distancing comes from a 1934 Harvard study that has been debunked for years. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a bunch of hooey, you know. And, and so the, the spread, I believe that, the, that what happens is that we have uh, spread happens indoors in dry air with bioaerosols, which are, they go everywhere. You know, it, it's not person to person. It's virus floating in closed spaces. And what the, the most important thing I believe, and, and I think that um, the data might, this is my sense that it will be pr- very well proven, but no one's talking about it except for, well, it's been known for years, but, but a Yale uh, professor of uh, immunobiology is leading this. Um, her, she's a, a, it's a Japanese woman, and it has to do with human susceptibility. So when we breathe moist air, we're safer. When we breathe dry air, we're not. And it only matters indoors because the bioaerosols outdoors are diluted and, and you don't get COVID outdoors. There's no evidence that I'm aware of of any case in the world where you have mass spread outdoors. But uh, indoors, what happens is that you're, there are complex mechanisms involving interferon, which is a signaling protein that turns on hundreds of genes that fight the virus. There's also the cilia that's a transport mechanism that carries the virus out of the deep, you know, inside the lungs. And third is that uh, you have uh, glycoproteins on the mucus uh, membranes. That's what mucus is, that are like Kevlar against COVID. They kind of bulletproof the respiratory tract. And it turns out, and this is fascinating, that that when you know people often compare to flu, I often do too, uh, because the the mechanics of uh, airborne spread in many ways is similar, but in some key ways it isn't. The receptors that the COVID virus attaches to are the angiotensin converting uh, two ACE two receptors, which are on blood vessels deep in the lungs, and and in order to um, for the virus to get to those it. It's only the little tiny, tiny particles that are like, um, you know, less than um, uh, one micron, you know, like, like 100, you know, 500 nanometers or 300 nanometers or, you know, the virus itself is actually about 100 nanometers, which is 0.1 microns. And so that's what it, so it's going to prove to be human susceptibility, I believe. And let me tell you why. 
This is so obvious when you, when you look at it. There are hundreds of millions of people and, and entire nations that have not been hit by the pandemic. The most classic example is Hong Kong versus New York City. They have about the same population and the same landmass. New York City has lost about 23,500 precious lives since the beginning of the pandemic. As of today, since the beginning of the pandemic, Hong Kong has lost 22 people. And most of them are just in the last three or four weeks because Hong Kong was shut down until mid-June. In fact, Disney reopened on uh, June 18th, and they shut down again just the other day because, uh, you know, you have tourism and you have people coming in and their flights resume from Hong Kong, and that kind of has caused some problems. But still, the numbers are extremely low. Why? Because Hong Kong is a tropical nation. Bangladesh and Haiti, some of the poorest places on earth where social distancing is next to impossible Advanced healthcare doesn't exist for the poor. You're not going to have all of the uh, technology there, but they still have amongst the lowest death rates in the world. Um, Thailand, 70 million people, 58 deaths. Taiwan, 23.8 million people, seven deaths since the beginning. Malaysia, four deaths per million. Now, let's talk about nursing homes. So the data about indoor humidity as an antiviral has been around for years. And I, in a webinar that I just produced, in fact, I, I shared it with your producer and hopefully he'll put it on the website on your yeah, the show notes. There's a uh, quote from a, a 2009 study from the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences that lays it out, which is that uh, indoor humidification of nursing homes where you have people at risk is critically important um, for the reasons that we're talking about, which have to do with, with human susceptibility. And uh, well, Japan... Well, why, would, uh, why would less humidity cause a problem? I, I don't understand the no, mechanism. Sorry. Oh, that, it, because it lowers your ability to fight the virus. You become more susceptible. If you, when you breathe dry air... You're, uh, you're in danger. When you breathe moist air, your body has natural protections against viral airborne infections. That's oh, okay. the principal thing. So listen to this. So, so of all these places that have escaped the pandemic, one place is an outlier, which is Japan. When you look at their charts of absolute humidity, they're worse than Wuhan in, in the dead of winter. In, in the summer and spring, you know, early fall, they're very tropical, but not, you know, right now they're tropical, but in winter they're not. And it turns out that there have been standards promulgated by, the, by ASHRAE, which is the American Society for Heating, Refrigeration, and Air Conditioning Engineers. That's a standard setting group that have advised America to elevate the indoor humidity inside healthcare facilities for years, and we haven't done it. Japan has done it. Japan should have gotten creamed, and they had no, they had no significant nursing home uh, outbreaks. Their deaths didn't even come until they reopened, and a nation of 126 million people has lost, through today, 996 people since the beginning of the pandemic. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. 
And you're saying a, a certain degree of humidity is needed for our mucous membranes to properly function. That's right. So it's it's it, the number. It's not even. It's 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 known that when you when the absolute humidity is above ten grams per meter cubed, you don't have hot spots. The data is very clear. There's a ton of it since Wuhan, and it's been around for thirty years. Now, why didn't Dr. Fauci tell Americans? about this. Why didn't Dr. Fauci advise every nursing home in America to do what Japan has been doing for years, to simply turn up the dial on their humidity? It, in many places, don't even have to spend a dime. It's non-pharmacological inter intervention for viral infections. It's been known for years. That's it's number one. It's not, a, it's not a drug that uh, the NIAID can fund and it's who knows why but all i'm telling you is that the literature has been in, been there for years japan has been doing it for years they skirted the tragedy and we didn't and there's one other thing that that dr fauci has not been talking about um vitamin d is a death sentence if you are hospitalized with covid and you're low studies show up to 96 percent of people who have low vitamin d who go into the hospital never come out alive. This is a massive public health tragedy. It's been known for years. Um, people with low vitamin D have a much, high, and this is this has been around in the literature for a long time. Um, have a much higher rate of respiratory viral infections. Conversely, if you have normal vitamin D, uh, you are up to seventy percent less likely to get infected. Who gets low vitamin D? people of color and the elderly and people in nursing homes who are, you know, confined. What about out of if the you're sun. told to uh, shelter in place and not go outside? Yeah, the, the, that's it. So the, there are two urgent things that we need to do right now. And this is, these are the grassroots movements that I'm launching. One is don't go in. You buy an $11 digital hygrometer. The one that I've found that's most quickest and accurate is called a GoV. G-O-V-E-E -E on Amazon. Um, and if, if, it, if the air inside a place is not 50% or greater, don't go in. Vote with your feet. Don't go in. Don't go in. And that will make uh, business and government uh, make the indoor air safer than anything we can do. And we have to do it before flu season. And, and hydrate before you go in. If you're in your car or outside going into an indoor space, drink some water or Gatorade. Because if you're um, if your respiratory tract and your mucus is dry, um, that will hydrate you. It, it's not water. You know, when drinking doesn't get water into your lungs, it gets into your stomach, but it, it increases your hydration, which is the fastest way to um, make your lungs safer before you go in. And then once you're in, if, if you're in a place that has 50% or greater, you're going to be safer and you don't have hot spots that occur when you're between 50 and 60%. And there are a lot of places that are doing it right now. Like in Dallas, we have DFW Airport, Love Field, and the elegant North Park Mall. They all are role models of safety. Uh, it, they, they feel wonderful. The air is, is just lovely to breathe. They're cool and they feel great. And the, what, what they do is they add moisture back into the air. So it's not about it's not that air conditioning is dangerous. It isn't, as long as we put water back into the air. The second thing well, is do that... You, do you think perversely, then, uh, the human environment created on the inside of a mask 
might be helpful. I don't know. I'm not going to go there. I don't, I'm not going to do, we don't have time to, you know, and I'm not, I say that respectfully, Richard, but um, we have an urgent, if we do not do this by fall, uh, by flu season, we're what we saw in Texas with 10 days of dry weather um, that, that nearly uh, shut down the healthcare system in certain large cities. It is going to be overwhelming death, anarchy, societal collapse, poverty, despair. I mean, we have not seen anything yet. We've got to do this. And the other thing is that uh, is the second movement is get started, get tested, get right. So people should begin taking 2,000 units of vitamin D per day right away and then get tested because you cannot tell if you're in a safe range unless you get tested. And if people are low, they uh, will take, it takes up to a month or more to get your levels in a safe range. And the level for vitamin D is just like humidity, 50 to 60, not 20, not 30, 50 to 60. And you can take too much vitamin D. So people can't just willy-nilly take a bunch of it. it can, that can be a problem too. But 50 to 60 is an, uh, in the range recommended by the American Endocrine Society, and it will make you safer against COVID. Vitamin D not only helps protect you from getting COVID by optimizing your um, immune cells that fight the virus, but it also modulates the intense inflammatory reactions that cause multi-system organ failure if you get COVID and go downhill. So it's very, very important especially for people of color and the elderly. But everyone, even children, should be tested, 50 to 60. We should be doing vitamin D testing along with COVID testing. I'll call it viral safety testing, which involves both because vitamin, low vitamin D will cost millions of people their lives if, if COVID hits us again in the fall and we don't you know, get it under control before now how is how's flu going to play in you think it'll uh, what will it do flu will benefit tremendously if we do these measures so what ashray has uh was has been recommending for decades is based around flu and you see plenty of studies that show major major declines in flu mortality uh in places that keep the indoor absolute humidity in a safe range I mean, it's, it's not new data. And why Dr. Fauci and the CDC have not been talking about it is one of the biggest questions that everyone should be asking. They, I believe that tens of thousands of Americans would be alive today living in nursing homes had they just told nursing homes to do two things, turn up the humidity and check vitamin D levels, period. So when you say that this would be a problem in flu season, is it because of the flu or is it because of the dryness? No, it's because of the dryness. Okay. Flu season is, 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 all it means is that the, uh, the absolute humidity indoors drops in winter, in, in, mm. starting in fall, and then it's really dry in winter. That's why New York City got hit. And that's why, you know, conversely, why New York City and Massachusetts and New Jersey and Connecticut are doing so well right now. Because when you look at charts of the absolute humidity, um, it, it's, it's high. And they think that, that it's because of their brilliant management. And it isn't. It's just, it's the, you remember James Carville said um, the famous expression, it's the economy, stupid. Right. Well, I've coined a term uh, that's very hopeful. It explains COVID. It's the weather, stupid. Interesting. Yeah, because uh, I guess 
from what I've heard, uh, people thought the virus would quote unquote go away, but it got hot because of the temperature. But you're no. saying the dynamic is different. It's not about temperature. It's humidity. End of story. I'm I'm convinced of that, and I think the data shows it pretty compellingly. There's there's just tons of data. I'm not kidding. You, you know, you would just you would be if you have a problem with falling with insomnia, read the data. It will put you to sleep. It's so I mean it's such intensely boring detailed scientific data there are reams of it before and after wuhan it's all basically saying the same thing absolute humidity which is the amount of water in the air we breathe indoors is the key and when you keep it like hong kong we're safe and we don't when we don't we're not so what's the initiative that you're working on right now that's uh, that you're putting out don't go in which is for people to carry the digital hygrometers in their pocket or purse and not go into any building unless it's 50 or greater and to vote with your feet don't go in and if we do that right away then america will get safer faster than anything else we can do and you'll have government creating standards that make the indoor air in public buildings safer faster and secondly get started get tested get right which is vitamin D. Those two things and hi- hydrating before you go into any public indoor space um, is key. That's it. It's very simple. So uh, assuming that the uh, the government or the mayors ignore this, um, which states preferentially do you think you're going to experience from this point, uh, the, you know, the biggest upsurges in COVID and, and when? You just look at, um, there's a, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but I'm happy to send it to you for your show notes. There's a site that shows you the absolute humidity charts for each state in America. And you can see when, like New York, it's going to get hit again in the fall and it'll be dangerous through the spring. Um, uh, Even in Texas, we have um, dangerously dry winter weather with regard to absolute humidity. And so the safest place is going to be a place like Florida or uh, New Orleans, but then you have the problem of air conditioning. So when you look at Mardi Gras this year, um, so you, what I'm saying is that the weather can turn everything upside down, even in the safest months of the year, like summer. So Mardi Gras um, uh, was a tragedy because you had dry weather come in um, very close to the peak of uh, Mardi Gras where you had people packed in bars in the French Quarter. And the, the same, so Florida is actually the, a, a, a wonderful model to understand how air conditioning um, combined with a critical mass of, of virus uh, causes problems. So Florida um, was predicted to be a COVID apocalypse early on because they have the highest concentration of elderly people in the country. And the, it was, and, and it turned out that Florida was actually the opposite. They had the lowest number of COVID deaths amongst elderly, and they did a lot of good things in managing. And if you look at something called the Positivity Index on the Johns Hopkins Coronavirus Resource Center, um, you can see that their Positivity Index fell right into mid-May, actually mid to latter May. And, and they were doing great because Florida's natural humid weather, you know, across the entire peninsula, the outdoor humidity makes the indoor air safer, even with air conditioning. On, on average, it's safer. But what happened was that, you know, tourism season 
began. You had all this, this influx of a younger demographic coming to tourist areas. And what do they do? They pack into bars, restaurants, nightclubs. And to understand hotspots, you have to ask three questions. How dry, how packed, for how long? So you, um, you, the reason why Florida is, uh, was a problem is that the air conditioning can pull, you can pull 15 grams per meter cube out of the air uh, in terms of the absolute humidity just by air conditioning. That's why meatpacking plants are so uh, problematic because you could have a meatpacking plant on the equator where you know it's intensely humid outside, but the air, the refrigeration is so intense, it creates a humidity desert indoors. So with all those people packed into Florida bars, restaurants, nightclubs, in close proximity, they have to turn the air conditioning into on overdrive so that people don't get hot. What happens is it pulls a lot of water out and all of a sudden you have, you know, people are breathing air that is dangerously dry, worse than Wuhan in December. And, and you have people, so the virus numbers went way down by mid-May, but with all the influx of people from all over the country, you had virus. It, it wasn't that Florida brought the virus to the people. The people brought the virus to Florida from all over and they're condensed. They're highly um, aggregated into small areas in bars, restaurants, clubs with dry air and they're there for a long time. And that's where you get the bio aerosol spread where virus is floating in the air. What is, so let me just make a comment and I'm not arguing masks or social distancing. It's worth, it's not worth it right now. If it makes, if they make people feel safe, you know, great, have at it. But the fact is that, that the size of the virus and these bio aerosols is so small. It's like driving a Mack truck through a mask even an N95 mask, because N95 masks filter out, or N100 masks for that matter, filter out um, particles above 300 nanometers. Right. And how the big virus the virus is, is, it's 60 to 140 nanometers. Right. And, and so, um, so the, you get bioaerosols, which are floating, you can't detect them. They go over these plastic barriers and, they, and social distancing that has no relevance with bioaerosols, they're everywhere. And if you have, if you're breathing dry air in a, in a, an indoor environment where there's bioaerosols, that's where people get COVID. Okay. So, uh, if you can get the right people to listen, who are the right people? The state governors? Well, no, I think, I, I, I think I've tried and tried and tried and no one's listening. The media is, is absolutely ignoring it. You know, there's real, this thing has become so politicized. And so, um, uh, an elderly African-American community leader in South Dallas opened my eyes to the way it really works. She knows. Her name is Miss P. She's famous in this area. And she said to me, you've got to reach the people. You've got to go grassroots. That's where everything begins. And so I am using this webinar uh, platform that can reach 5,000 devices at once. And I'm doing for free. There's no hooks here or no agendas i i'm just desperately trying to do what er docs do which is to uh, to do as many of these webinars with large audiences as possible and then the webinar gets automatically recorded and it's put on a sister platform where people can download it or watch it for free 24 7 and i'm trying to reach millions of people 
and create this grassroots movement because if people don't go into buildings unless they're 50 or greater on the relative humidity then uh that will change everything faster than than any and then government will will come along but but it's not going to happen through you have too many you know it's it's everything's too divided right now and and uh uh, that's the only thing that's going to work. I mean, the science has been there for years. It's been ignored. And, and also, uh, there's too much we don't know. All we know is that, that the data is very clear that indoor humidity is an anti powerful, the most powerful antiviral we have. We don't know exactly why, and we don't need to know. All we know is that it's really solidly clear data that the virus goes down. Uh, the viral hotspots disappear. Uh, it's like a fire extinguisher to put out hotspots and to prevent new ones from, from coming. And, and the second thing we know is that vitamin D is a, a, a national health crisis and that people who are low and get COVID and are hospitalized, it's a death sentence. Yeah. End of story. That's it. So those are the two movements. Don't go in and get started, get tested, get right. And we all need to do this. Vote with our feet before flu season, that's the fastest way to change things. And then the research will come and then the questions will be asked. And I think that um, uh, Dr. Fauci and the CDC and others are going, people are gonna be asking why we weren't told long ago. I mean, there's just so many things, you know, for example, the, out, the situation with outdoor spread. This is just one example. The economy has been devastated in tourist areas, in you know beaches, lakes. You know, look at it's done to Fourth of July over all over the country. You know, people are afraid that you know this idea of one size social distancing fits all indoors outdoors. There's no data to support that, and in fact, there is no data that I'm aware of. There's one study that I've seen coming out of China that shows. Uh, like 1,250 cases in 120 some locations. Um, and there was one example, one, where one person spread the virus to one other person outdoors. It wasn't an outbreak. It was just one person gave it to another. There was in the entire study, there was no other example of outdoor spread. Also with the riots, uh, there was extensive uh, 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 evaluation of data in New York City, and there was no uptick in COVID rates. The opposite. So, what you know, the uh, the fact that there that we don't have hundreds of studies looking at outdoors uh, and why uh, we we're not seeing outbreaks. I mean, look at how empowering and hope you know inspiring that would be if people if the leaders said, hey. It doesn't happen outdoors. Another thing is airplanes. So on June 30th, A4A, which is the uh, organization of all the major airlines, went before Congress and basically told Congress, you know, to you know look where the sun doesn't shine, because they were they said we are not going to uh, at least American Airlines for sure uh, said we're we're booking flights full. Now either they're suicidal or they know something that we're not being told. And I met with the vice president of safety for the whole of American airlines on June 4th at their headquarters in Dallas. Yeah. And I asked him a question and, and I'd asked the editor in chief of one of the leading aviation publications in the world, the same question. And they did a story uh, on, on my work 
on July 1, actually. And I said to both of them, I said, do you know of a single example where someone got onto an airplane and there was a cluster, proven cluster, um, that uh, resulted um, after? And there were so many people that left Wuhan going to Northern Europe, going to the United States, other places. And oh. there, were, there were hundreds of examples of tracing, contact tracing. There are no, I don't know of any example where you have it. And America, he, neither of them you. know knew it either. I, I agree with you, but in a time where, I don't know, evidence can, uh, it, it's either, it's just ignored when anyone feels like it and it's listened to when anyone else feels like it. What are you supposed to do? No, no, it's not. This isn't about an opinion. This is where you have hundreds oh, I know. and hundreds I'm, of I'm, examples. I'm saying, I, yeah. I totally agree with you, but yeah. stuff's just being ignored. It doesn't No, it, it is. It is. And so what American and, and A4A did basically was to say, we're doing this, you know, forget it. You know, they, they stood up to congressmen, politicians, the CDC, because they know they, they would be suicidal if they packed planes full of people and they were putting people at risk. The lawsuits would go crazy, but they know that that the indoor of aircraft, you know, pressurized aircraft cabins are probably one of the safest places to be with regard to COVID because the, for, you know, we know this, we know that the air inside the aircraft cabin is replaced every two to three minutes. They have HEPA filtration that filters out particles the size of the virus and the, the intrinsic airflow patterns inside aircraft cause virtual separation of people sitting next to each other. And the bottom line is that after hundreds of examples of contact tracing inside flights that had have known people with COVID, there were no clusters that I'm aware of that were found. And the media should be reporting that. It's costing uh, the airline industry billions of dollars. And, and why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't there hundreds of studies but there isn't the thing. It's become politicized. That's why we need grassroots movement. That's the only thing that's going to save us. Yeah, I wonder how that will look. I mean, that's the problem. Is the don't media. go in. Don't go in. Screw the media. Don't go in. If enough should, people we just de- we should defund the media. De- de- absolutely. <laughs> I, you you know actually I don't know where you came up with that. You were picking my brain. You were ESP. I came up. I've that term. I even thought brain. of trading it. Trade trademarking. It. Yeah, it's we should defund the media by not listening to the media, it because it's become a, a, um, a it, it it's become a tool of of incitement and and uh, fear and and we're not getting truth and I'm talking about across the spectrum. I've just turned off media personally. We have to defund the media. That's what will happen if we survive this. We're going to see a massive shift where people are going to start to question. The power, it goes back to this, very simple. America works, only works when there are checks and balances. America is totally imperfect because human nature is totally imperfect. And we can never perfect human nature. And so that's, America is very simply about moderating extremes and moderating uh, the dark side of human nature. There are no checks and balances on media. And there haven't been for a long time. There is no, it's completely shameless. And people will say anything because there are no consequences for saying anything. And so the only way to rein that in is for people to stop, you know, basically to defund the media and to stop giving credibility to people who are intentionally um, putting them at risk. Yeah, I'd like to see that. 
That would be nice. I, I mean, you know, I live in first. Texas we have town to survive. Uh, we have to survive first, and and that needs to be the focus. We, you know, we shouldn't argue over things right now. We need to just don't go in and make the indoor air in every public building safe, top priority, and take vitamin D, get tested. I'm sorry, you were saying. Oh no, no. I was saying that. Um, you know, I live in Texas, and I I see. I travel around a bit too. I see every business is doing something different. Yeah. Because there's no clear message. So right, right, you know, all right. the media is doing is like right. hyping everyone up, but but right. there's no clear guidance and it keeps changing. Right. Everyone's like right. left to their own devices to pick Yeah, that's out. right. There and, and that's why leadership is critical. We need courageous leadership. And I believe it will emerge. It's already starting to emerge. When you see those two hundred and thirty-nine aerosol scientists that wrote to the WHO, that kind of thing, or the big outcry by by esteemed physicians against that study in the lancet against hydroxychloroquine that was a fraud that dr burks got on the podium at the white house and touted as being legitimate you know i mean things like that we need courage right now we need conscience people have to take risk we cannot do cya pc is dangerous and as an er doc i mean i we that's that's just a way of life because in, in the ER, if you, you know, PC, there's just no place for PC because people, you know, will die. We have to right. be sober about danger. And, and so we need to inculcate standards that are, that emulate the ER in society in general. And people need to realize that, that in a, uh, when the power of the modern world vanishes, all we have left is each other. And that means making each other feel humanly safe and humanly real. Those are critical. And that's what we do in the ER with complete strangers. Well, uh, is there a call to action to join your, your grassroots work? Like how can people find out more about you? Okay. And- yes. Thank you for asking. Would, would you please post the webinar on your uh, show notes? Sure. We'll also, do it in the show notes. Yeah. W- would you consider, Rich, um, co-hosting a webinar? I mean, where you, you know, for, cause I can reach up to 5,000 devices, totally free. I'll st- spend as long as people have questions, I'll, you know, or at least an hour I'll, you know, a- answer questions, you know, it's just trying to do the right thing. And then, and then it'll be available for free people to watch for free. And we're, we need to reach millions of people in a matter of months. So that's, I would like people to um, uh, my, they can reach me at uh, jeffgusky at gmail.com or on LinkedIn. And, uh, uh, and, and I want to have mass audiences of thousands of people at a time to deliver this 16-minute webinar and then do Q&A and do that like 10 hours a day. You know, that's my goal. And so that's how people join. But most important, it's about just buying a cheap uh, digital hygrometer. And the one that is Again, I'm not, uh, you know, aligned with this company, but I've bought a bunch of them. This one's the best. It's called G-O-V-E-E, Govi on Amazon, 11 bucks. It's fast and it's pretty accurate. And if it, you just carry it with you, don't go into places that are not 50 or greater. Do that right now and get your vitamin D levels tested right now. Start taking 2000 a day as a starting point, uh, but do it under a doctor's guidance and you and make sure that your humidity indoors in your home is 50 to 60 and that your vitamin D is 50 to 60 and you'll be good. That's the, that makes you safer. Those simple things and tell everyone, you know, 
and spread the this uh, webinar link on social media to everyone you know and ask them to share it. This is how we do it. It's very simple. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Jeff, would, thanks for Rich, coming would on the you podcast. Consider, would, would you consider doing that with me? Yeah. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.